everybody please take your seats. I will call tonight's meeting of the City Council of the City of West Hollywood to order. It is 6.02 p.m. Uh, we would like to begin by acknowledging the land on which we gather and that is currently known as the City of West Hollywood is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of the Gabrieleno Tongva and Gabrieleno Keech peoples. I would now like to invite Nick Roybal to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Madam City Clerk, roll call, please. Thank you, Mayor. Councilmember Byers. Present. Councilmember Heilman. Present. Councilmember Meister. Present. Mayor Pro Tem Erickson. Present. Mayor Shine. Present. We have a quorum. City Clerk, are there any changes from staff to the agenda tonight? We do not have any changes from staff on the Okay. Do my colleagues have any changes to the agenda? Mayor, I'm wondering if we could move item 5A, the CDBG program to consent. 5C, the appointment of Chad to the Vector Control Board, uh, 5E and 5F to consent. Is everyone okay, is everyone okay with that? Okay. Um, are there any other items? I might, may I try, Mayor? Yes. Thank um, you. Council Member Erickson. Um, I would like to see if we could move item 4B, changing of the first city council meeting in June to consent. I have a problem with that, and I, I can't make that date. So I, can we leave that for discussion? Sure. Sure. And then I was just going to do um, 4A, but I can't read. No, the Great Lakes um, item. That's okay. okay. Thank you. Excellent. So we have 5A, 5C, 5E, 5F, and 4A being moved to consent. Are there any adjournment motions? Can we get a motion to approve? Yes. Can we get a motion to approve? Thank you. We have uh, Mayor Pro Tem Erickson as a mover and Council Member sec uh, Heilman seconding. Thank you. Are there any adjournment motions from uh, my colleagues? Yes, um, Council Member Meister. I'm just trying to find it. <clears throat> Thank you, Mayor. Um, first, I'd like to adjourn in memory of Annette Martha Lobel, beloved mother of Phil Lobel, um, October 22nd, 1925 to January 13th, 2023. I'd also like to adjourn in memory of David Crosby, founding member of the Birds and Crosby, Stills and Nash. My sister worked with David Crosby and Graham Nash for many years, and because of that long time uh, connection, he and Graham Nash played at the Troubadour 
to help me raise money for my first council campaign in 2003, for which I'm grateful. Uh, David Crosby was very much part of the West Hollywood music scene, including as recently as 2014 when he played at the Troubadour. David passed on January 18th at the age of 82. Our condolences to his wife, Jan, and their family. Thank you. Are there any other adjournments? Mayor Pro Tem Erickson. Thank you so much, Mayor. I would like to adjourn in memory of Robert Simon. He was the brother of Stephen David Simon, um, longtime friend of this community and uh, city, as well as Jacqueline Hawthorne, a longtime Democratic leader, um, as well as uh, Riverside County Sheriff Deputy Darnell Calhoun, who was uh, killed in action. Thank you. Council Member Heilman. Thank you, Mayor. I'd request that we adjourn in, in memory of longtime resident uh, Carol Cook. Carol was a star of the stage and screen, and she uh, was known for being Lucille Ball's protege. She appeared in numerous plays, numerous uh, movies and TV shows. Uh, in addition to her uh, incredible career as an actress, uh, she was also really one of the first people in the entertainment industry who stepped up during the AIDS crisis. During the very early days, she and a number of other uh, actors and actresses uh, did the first uh, benefit to support the, the community and support some of the early AIDS organizations. And she was, uh, she was a good friend to this community and I know that she will be missed. I request that we adjourn in her memory. Thank you, Councilmember. Um, Councilmember Byers. Thank you. Um, in addition to this weekend's tragedy, I want to just draw our attention first to um, another act of senseless tragedy that happened this afternoon in Half Moon Bay. We are just now learning that uh, seven people were killed in a mass shooting in Half Moon Bay. Our hearts are with the families of this um, horrible tragedy, and we will read the names of these victims when we have them in the coming days. Thank you. Thank you, Council Member Byers. Um, I would like to uh, start by adjourning the meeting uh, in memory of the lives lost in the Monterey Park mass shooting. Uh, the city would like to express its outrage and sadness at this weekend's deadly mass shooting that took place at Star Ballroom Dance Studio in Monterey Park amid Lunar New Year festivities. At least 11 people have been killed and at least nine people have been injured. The city has lowered its flags to half-staff half as a mark of respect for the victims. My heart goes out to each of the victims and their loved ones. Monterey Park is a beautiful city with a thriving AAPI community. I am sad and shocked that the community had to endure such hateful violence and domestic violence during what was supposed to be a time of the Lunar New Year celebration filled with love and joy. Um, there have been four names released, um, which are Mimi Nan, 65, Lilan Lee, 63, Zui Huan Yu, 57, Valentino Alvaro, 68 years old. The other names have not yet been released. As Congresswoman Judy Chu said, Monterey Park is resilient, and what I know about the people here is that we will get through this together. I would also like to adjourn in memory of um, the cousin of one of our very longtime residents, Marcy Norton. 
uh, adjourning for Muriel Lenore Mittelman Berkowitz, who was born on December 25, 1928 in Chicago, Illinois. After graduating high school in 1946, Muriel became stuck in a terrible blizzard and decided that she was forever done with Chicago winters. With the help of her auntie, Misero, who paid for a luxurious sleeper car on the firm belief that a lady should never travel alone in public, Muriel ran away by train to Los Angeles. There she stayed with her best friend, Shirley, another Chicago transplant who was attending UCLA. On a whim, Muriel walked into the, into the UCLA admissions office and asked if they had any openings for enrollment. Surprisingly, they did, and Muriel became a Bruin that day. While at UCLA, she met her first husband, Donald Purchase. They dated throughout college, which Don attended on the GI Bill and married in 1951. Muriel graduated from the first class of UCLA's prestigious School of Theater, Film, and Television in June 1952, though she missed her graduation as she was in labor with her first child, Gail. Muriel and Donald's second daughter, Donna, was born in 1954. When her marriage became untenable, she made the brave choice to strike out on her own as a single mother in 1958. Muriel had been teaching English and theater arts, but applied for the government's initiative to train more mathematics teachers to assist in winning the space race against Russia. The classes Muriel took at Stanford and the University of Hawaii enabled her to teach high school math for a higher salary and support her two children. Shortly thereafter, she met the love of her life and her second husband, Irving Berkowitz, a boisterous, funny, and deeply caring man. Irving was a perfect match for Muriel's warm, wry, and detail-oriented personality. Irving also had two children, Millie and Bernie, whom Muriel loved as her own. The two combined their homes and families in October 1963. After a successful 30-year career, Muriel retired in 1991. Afterwards, she continued to devote herself to her family, children, grandchildren, and her ailing husband and mother. Her husband, Irv, passed away in 1997. Her mother, Rose, who had moved to Los Angeles in the mid-1950s to be closer to her daughter and grandchildren, passed in 2003. Muriel continued to travel, crochet, garden, cook, and enjoy the theater and the Hollywood Bowl for the rest of her days. She also became an avid quilter, a pursuit which combined the best of her artistic and mathematical skills, as well as giving her something useful to do while watching television. She was an active member of San Fernando Valley Quilters Guild until shortly before her death and served on its board for several years. Her quilts have been featured at quilt shows donated to recovering veterans and given to children, grandchildren, and cousins as, as wedding gifts. On the morning of January 17, 2023, Merrill passed away at Valley Presbyterian Hospital. She leaves behind four children, Gail, Donna, Millie, and Bernie six grandchildren, Holly, Jeffrey, Leslie, Craig, Michael, and Laura, and five great-grandchildren, Sarah, Bryce, Brody, Cassie, and Xander, many family members, including our very own Marcy Norton. She will be sorely missed. We will now move to presentations, and uh, Mayor Pro Tem Erickson, uh, I believe you have a presentation. Yes, thank you so much, Mayor. <clears throat> 
I am so excited to uh, make a presentation to Red Dress Day and many of the individuals who made that so possible. Um, apologies in advance for Billy Francesca. Um, <laughs> it, I kid. A little. Um, but it is my honor to thank the Los Angeles Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, Billy Wilkin, Billy Francesca, and Gert Crawford. Last year's Red Dress Day event took place on December 4th at 11 participating businesses within the City of West Hollywood's Rainbow District. Red Dress Day brings visibility to HIV and AIDS by creating a set day for the community to celebrate life and bring awareness that HIV infections still occur. The 2022 event also raised a total of $10,000 for two organizations that support people living with HIV and AIDS, Life Group LA and Being Alive. The event was a truly collaborative effort with each participating business planning their own individual festivities on December 4th and Billy running around on December 3rd making sure they had all of the supplies. I was there, I saw you, I did not go unnoticed. Um, your, the care and attention you put into it. The City Council would like to recognize a few groups and individuals who were instrumental in making this event a success. Thank you to the Los Angeles Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence for making this event possible by leading the organization and coordination efforts Sister Dominia, thank you for all of your work from all phases of planning with city staff and each of the businesses. In addition, the council would like to recognize Billy Wilkin, Fra Billy Francesca, and Gert Crawford for their collaborative work to support the event, which included publicizing and rebranding efforts to make it successful, and a special Thank you to Billy Wilkin who texted me um, and I was able to meet with him and we were able to talk about it and I said, sure, let's do it and look at now where we are. It's a great time to have that call and I'm thankful that you'd made that call to me. Additionally, I wanna thank our amazing businesses, um, Jim Bar, Trunks, Revolver, Mickey's, Fiesta Cantina, Rocco's, Beaches, High Tops, The Bayou, Stash, and Motherload. Um, and so it's now my honor to welcome you all up or take a photo and we'll go from there. Oh, am I supposed to stay over here? Right here, Billy, stay with me. Okay, I'll stay. Hi. 
Thank you so much. This is absolutely so amazing. And for appreciating this and acknowledging us, um, I had a conversation with my mother about two weeks ago, and she told me, she said, I, uh, I hope that you're not one of those drag queens that's out sexualizing young children. And, you know, through education, she's conservative, and it's been constant education letting her know that there are some of us out here who put on drag for the better of the community. I'm not an entertainer. I do it because it just, it, it creates attention, awareness. It's an amazing um, event that we had for years at the Gold Coast, and I loved it so much. And when the Gold Coast closed because of the pandemic, it was dead in the water. And through everyone that's here, we just talked and talked to each other and just collaborated and, and what can we all do and it happened and it's going to get bigger and bigger and long after we're dead and gone this will be something that the city has that will <laughs> just be an amazing event so so thank you this is just amazing I love it so much thank you hello I'm sorry I'm so not prepared um, Thank you so much for the support in this. You know, as we said in the beginning, the sisters didn't create this. It was a community effort for everybody to honor our Gold Coast that was gone, but to then bring it out to the rest of West Hollywood and to bring awareness to HIV and AIDS, which is still with us. So that's what this is for, just to bring awareness and love and joy and throw on a frock in December and have fun. So thank you so much for supporting this, and we hope to do this every year. Thank you. I'll keep this brief. I did this all on my own. I don't know those people. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, when Gert called me, I said two things, sir. Of course I want to help, and how did you get my number? But honestly, we pulled it all together, and I can't say enough about all of the bars working together, which obviously I work at nightclubs, but everyone was like, oh my God, what do you need? We're so into it. So I, we really want to do more of that moving forward because we raised 10 grand. I love giving money away, especially when it's someone else's thanks. <laughs> Thank you. And now I have a presentation. This is a very... Uh, uh, I'm so honored to be able to provide a presentation to uh, an incredible uh, um, group that has um, given incredible service to our unhoused folks for years uh, in the city of West Hollywood. And um, I've known the owners of Divine H2O and my dear friend Sophie Mamo for many years. And... Uh, she had an amazing vision of service and has just grown it to incredible, in incredible, incredible ways. And uh, I'm honored to present Divine Project. Whereas Divine Project is an all-inclusive organization that was founded in 2010 by Sophie Mamo. Sophie is also the owner of a Divine H2O, a natural alkaline water delivery service located in West Hollywood and Sherman Oaks. 
and Divine Project's mission is focused on the empowerment of people in hardship, education, and entrepreneurship by leveraging unity, access to resources, and investment in power. And whereas Divine Project, with the help of amazing volunteers and contributions from local businesses, supports the community by hosting monthly food drives in West Hollywood for individuals encountering hardship, including unhoused individuals. The volunteers package food for lunch as well as write positive intentions prior to delivery uh, to areas in need within the Los Angeles region and West Hollywood. In addition to the compassionate work Sophie Mamo does for the Divine Project, she also does incredible work to improve the lives of women that have experienced a myriad of hardships. She currently serves as a mentor and life coach to 82 women and has created a sisterhood filled with inclusion, support, and respect. Now, therefore, be it resolved, the City Council of the City of West Hollywood hereby recognizes Divine Project and Sophie Mamo for the incredible work they do to support individuals in need in West Hollywood and the surrounding areas in the Los Angeles region. Uh, so please come up and take pictures with us, and then we would love to hear from you. And with my colleagues, please join us. everyone. I'm incredibly humbled and um, eternally grateful for this proclamation that we're being presented with today. Um, like many of you here, I've, as long as I can remember, I've always had a vision, a vision to help those who are in need and create a positive impact in the world. With that vision and the help of some truly wonderful people, we have been able to accomplish pretty amazing things in the last 10 years. However, none of that would have been possible if it wasn't for our mayor, Sepi Shine, and our volunteers, Divine Angels. Um, I still remember my humble beginnings when I decided to serve the unhoused community. About 20 years ago, I was doing everything on my own, and if I worked to the bone and feed 50 people a month, that was an accomplishment. Because at this point, 
with the exception of very few friends and family members. No one really knew that the service existed. It wasn't until about 11 years ago when Mayor Seppi took me to a food drive where I was able to see exactly how I can help a lot more people. That experience was what inspired me to open the food drive to the general public. That experience is what made me see that the mission was bigger than myself and that I couldn't do it alone. Because of that experience, I started enlisting volunteers who have the heart and the passion to serve the unhoused community. Well, we haven't looked back since then. We went from feeding 50 people a month to packaging 1,000 to 3,000 meals per event. And since inception, we fed and closed over 200,000 people. So, Madame Mayor, my sister, you forever hold a place of gratitude and respect for being instrumental to where we are today. Thank you. I would like to say thank you to our volunteers um, who go above and beyond the call of duty, who sacrifice their resources their time, effort, energy, money, um, angels, people like Dr. Iromo, Yamane, Heather, Yami, Fita, Abdi, Wesley, Benny, Adi. <laughs> Thank you. Your hard work and dedication is deeply appreciated. Thank you. Samantha. Barbara, Sherry, Alex, and Raquel. You are the backbone of this organization. Our mission is absolutely nothing without you. Thank you. Sunny, who, um, who's no longer with us. This is for you, honey. Thank you. Thank you, City Council of West Hollywood and the residents. And if anybody would like to be a part of our amazing organization, we are in West Hollywood, 8539 Sunset Boulevard, inside A Divine H2O. Our uh, Instagram handle is A Divine H2O, A D I V I N E H2O. So join us and uh, let's keep spreading love and hope. Thank you. Thank you. Sure, if you can keep it to a minute, that would be great. How are you guys doing? So I just wanted to say something briefly. Um, you know, I've known uh, Sophie for years now. And, you know, there's no one else that's, that's like her. I really have met, you know, met, met people around the world. And 
uh, there's no one that has that energy that she has. And the moment I met her, you know, we met uh, in West Hollywood near one of her stores, and immediately the energy was like, un like nothing else I've ever felt in my life. And, and she really is the kindest person you've ever met. And, and she does everything from the heart. You know, there's, and anyone that knows her knows that she is a special person. So I just wanted to say that, um, you know, she's one in a million and, and what she's doing is from the heart. And, uh, you know, she's been doing it for, she's dedicated her whole life to helping people. And so uh, uh, she's very special. Enjoy your night. Thank you so much. Now we're going to move to uh, public comment. The City Council values your comments. However, pursuant to the Brown Act, Council cannot take action on items not listed on the posted agenda. The public comment period is limited to 20 minutes, with two minutes allotted for each speaker this evening. This public comment period is to address the City Council on consent calendar items, other agenda items, if the member of the public cannot be present at the time the item is considered, or items of general interest within the jurisdiction of the City Council. Another period is also reserved for general comment later in the meeting for those that could not be heard at this time. Public hearing testimony will only be taken at the time of the hearing. I will now open the floor for public speakers wishing to speak on consent calendar items. Do we have any speakers via Zoom? Yes, we do. We have one individual who is speaking on a consent calendar item, and we have a representative from Southern California Edison who was asked to provide some information on rate increases as well as someone from the Center for Economic Survival who also submitted correspondence to um, bring attention to the fact that the eviction moratorium and tenant protections are ending. So we will start with our first speaker in Zoom on consent. Thank you. Our first speaker on Zoom this evening is Ethan. Ethan, you will have two minutes. Please press star six to unmute yourself. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Thank you. Um, I'd like to address the council today in regards to action item 2P, award of agreement for parks and facilities maintenance. Um, I wanted to give an opinion as a, a local contractor that I felt that this bid um, the whole RFP as a whole was unfair in nature and not done in the proper way. Um, as the city may know, Brightview is the local contractor for the last 10 years, and they, the city has not done its best interest in trying to find the best contractor, as they haven't put it out to bid in many years. And when they finally put it out to bid, they held a, a pre-conference meeting the day after the Christmas holiday at 7 a.m. in the morning, which is unfair to many contractors who would either be traveling or celebrating Christmas with their families. In addition, the bid process was only two weeks long, which is a very unfair amount of time to study the entire city, especially for the, you know, for the size and complexity of such a contract, especially as it is several million dollars being awarded to Brightview tonight. 
And finally, as a concerned member of West Hollywood, you know, I think it would be in the city's best interest to possibly look at other vendors as there are some areas of this contract that's being awarded that could definitely be in better shape. Thank you. Our next speaker on Zoom is Mike Harrell to be followed by Eugene Maskey. Mike, you'll have two minutes. Please press star six to unmute yourself. Thank you very much. Um, good evening, Honorable Mayor and City Council. My name is uh, Mike Harrell, and I'm with SoCal Gas, not SoCal Edison, so I just wanted to clarify that. I am the Interim Region Area Manager for Public Affairs, uh, and I'm reaching out just to inform you um, that natural gas prices are going to be even higher than usual this January due to several unprecedented factors beyond our control. So customers uh, or your constituents will see a winter, national, uh, winter natural gas bill double or higher compared to one year ago. And the high bills are a result, a result of historically high natural gas prices in the Western United States. But SoCal Gas did not set the price for natural gas. Instead, natural gas prices are determined by national and regional markets. SoCal Gas buys natural gas in those markets on behalf of residential and small business customers, and the cost of buying that gas is billed to those customers with no markup, meaning SoCal Gas, SoCal gas does not profit some gas commodity prices going up. And I want to stress that, again, we do not profit when the, the gas commodity price goes up. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, there are a number, number of factors that are contributing to the higher gas bill. Uh, widespread below normal temperatures uh, on the West Coast, including Washington and Oregon, High natural gas demand for heating by customers in areas with below normal temperatures, like back east or in the Midwest, and reduced natural gas supplies to the West Coast from Canada and the Rocky Mountains. Also, there's been some maintenance on uh, pipelines in uh, West Texas. And also, we have low natural gas storage on the West Coast. So we, we Thank have you. several tips. Thank you, Mr. Herio. We'll refer um, members of the public to the website so that they can get more information on their gas rates. We appreciate you attending. Thank you. Appreciate Thank, you. Thank you. Our next speaker on Zoom is Eugene Meiske to be followed by our last speaker on Zoom, Mikey Friedman. Eugene, you'll have two minutes. Please press star six to unmute yourself. Good evening, Mayor Shine, Mayor Pritzam Erickson, Council members, city staff. I'm Eugene Mayskai, West Hollywood Tenant Outreach Organizer for Coalition for Economic Survival, CES, a six-year-old tenant rights organization which led efforts to create the city of West Hollywood and win rent control laws in West Hollywood and Los Angeles. There is much community uh, concern about COVID protections and the we are already seeing growing intents of unlawful evictions and tenant harassment. And we've seen many cases where long-term rent-stabilized tenants are being pushed out of their RSO tenancy by any means necessary. Low-income, disabled, and elderly tenants are especially at risk. 
In the past two years, we've seen tenants uh, subjected to intimidation, denial, or um, delay of repairs and maintenance, cash for keys, harassment, decrease of services by landlords in an effort to drive tenants out so they can jack up the rent. CES continues to assist tenants in West Hollywood. We conduct two tenants' rights clinics every Wednesday at 6 p.m. and every Saturday at 10 a.m. where renters can receive free consultation with tenants' rights attorney via Zoom or phone. We provide the support in five languages, including Russian and Spanish. Also every month, in partnership with the City of West Hollywood, we provide educational Know Your Rights Forum via Zoom where representatives from the City Rent Stabilization Division and CES talk about most important current issues and answer tenants' questions. Our next forum is on Tuesday, January 31st at 6 p.m., so please join us. In addition, we do meetings at buildings assisting renters who want to form tenants' associations to ensure their rights to be upheld. Even these laws are changing and this is the, there's a lot of confusion, it is crucial that tenants know their rights. So if you need help or know somebody who needs help, please email helpingdhorrenters at gmail.com or call my direct line 213-252-4411 extension 205. 213-252-4411 extension 205. Thank, Thank you, Eugene. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Eugene. May our, last, you. may our last speaker on Zoom is, for public comment is Mikey Friedman. Mikey, you will have two minutes. Please press star six to unmute yourself. Mikey, go ahead, press star six. Okay, we'll go to in-person public comment, and if Mikey unmutes, then we'll allow her her two minutes. Thank you, Claire. Our first speaker in chambers this evening is Jonathan Wilson. Jonathan, you will have two minutes. Good evening, Mayor, Mayor Pro Tem, and council members. I want to first acknowledge and appreciate the work that went into the staff update for item 2R, specific to the Social Justice Task Force. Unfortunately, this wasn't quite the ask that we identified in December. The first step in ensuring action for each of the recommendations is having a level of defined accountability. We understand that specific plans of attack are being developed and will be reviewed slash approved by the Social Justice Advisory Council when implemented. As it relates to BIPOC prosperity in the city of West Hollywood, we are all dependent on economic development in order to thrive in our businesses and ultimately pay taxes that ultimately result in the betterment of all citizens. With that said, there is yet to be a case made that economic development efforts in the city have truly benefited BIPOC entrepreneurs. I'm going to ask a series of simple questions about CEOs that you know in the city of West Hollywood. And by CEO, I mean those that are not in name only, but are dependent only on the revenue that they generate from their businesses. I'll start with the first question. How many black male LGBTQ CEOs besides me do you know in the city of West Hollywood? I'll broaden a little bit. How many black CEOs do you know? 
How many BIPOC CEOs do you know? Or how many LGBTQ CEOs do, do you know? I'll even brought in more. How many CEOs do you know? Now compare all of your answers. I am tired, tired of being the only one or one of a few. It's clear that BIPOC prosperity in the city of West Hollywood is limited. The time is now to make that change. Let's not be dependent on the West Hollywood Small Business Foundation alone. Let's not focus on having study after study to delay taking action. Let's not hide behind Prop 209. We want action, we want it now. Please remove 2R from the consent calendar. Please request that we have one accountable department and name to help drive the SGTF recommendations. Please request that each recommendation have a plan of attack with target dates. Please also employ a, a BIPOC legal individual or firm to explore the what is possible to drive a higher percentage of BIPOC businesses with a seat at the table rather than hiding behind Prop 209. Clearly, the city of Los Angeles has found a way. We're not afraid to be edgy when it comes to supporting reproductive rights or edgy when it comes to LGBTQ inclusivity. But when it comes to race, we are slow to implement. It's not racist to talk about race, just like it's not sexist to talk about gender or sexual orientation. Let's take action and let's do it now. Thank you, Jonathan. Our next speaker is Annie Jumpvicente to be followed by Jonathan Harling. Hi. Uh, I just want to take a moment to recognize uh, what you pledge an allegiance to every meeting. You're saying that you will uphold a document that cannot exist without slavery. You are upholding white supremacist normalities and traditions. You are upholding the position that some of you, all of you are white, including you, Seppi, um, a mayor with family ties to oil and crushing democracies, that everyone who isn't exactly like us isn't worth it. I tried to attach a district attorney's charge report stating that the LASD violated my constitutional rights to the agenda, but you won't allow it. Uh, this is not an isolated incident that LASD used excessive force and or murdered someone they targeted, which was entirely unjust. These gang members do this quite regularly. By keeping the sheriffs around, you consent to state-sanctioned violence. You consent to having police officers brutally arrest us in our homes and on the street. Whether, whether, or not you act actively, whether or not you actively say that you don't, the fact of the matter is they exist and they are employed by you. The five of you. I know two of you want more gang members, Meister and Nazi Heilman over here. You know, <laughs> I, know I know you want more. You want more LASD, and the others are very slow to move. Look at this agenda. I don't see anything about getting rid of them. I don't want one or two officers fired or removed. I want the entire goddamn department removed from the city of West Hollywood. You want violence on us, whether you advocate against it or not. The fact of the matter is, you're all the people that have the unilateral power to employ these thugs. These gang members, the banditos, you're employing gang members. A few bad apples spoils the bunch. Former Mayor Meister and King Nazi Heilman, what do you have to say about this? I want to hear from each of every one of you what you have to say, and I want to hear that tonight. Jonathan Harling to be followed by Eric Smith. Good evening, everyone. Um, I'm 
I was here, I was going to speak about 5E, about the co-sponsorship of a black women-led pop-up, but um, it kind of seems kind of pointless to, to speak about this when um, there's people such as Keenan Anderson, who was murdered, and you, you, you guys could just skip over that, and you could talk about what happened in Monterey, but you can't talk about what one of your own officers has done, and this is not the only time, probably won't be the only time this year that is done, but it continues to happen, and it continues to be skipped over, like, my black life doesn't matter. Like, what do I have to do to be seen? My ancestors were the backbone to this country. We were the original stock in this country, and we're still being ignored. We were, we were raped. We were brought here against our own will. No one asked to even come here. But now that, 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 that we are here, we still can't be treated as equals. What has to take place before even the, the council can start to speak about these issues and stop skipping over it. I'm not saying that, that any of, of you are part of the problem, but you are part of the problem if you can't speak about it. I'm not saying that, 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 that you suffocated this, this man and, and you didn't allow him to breathe, but when you don't talk about what happened, you're part of the problem. You all become part of the problem. Every last one of you, when you skip over it as if it didn't happen, and it just happened, a 31-year-old man is gone. He is deceased. A high school teacher is gone. What are we going to do about this? It's going to keep happening if we don't do anything about it. I don't want my life to be next. I have children. I don't want my children to be without a father. Thank you, Jonathan. Our next speaker is Eric Smith, to be followed by Mike Carter. Hello, I was actually told I'd get three minutes, so I'm gonna talk fast. I've lived at my residence since 2014. Right next door, Nora Restaurant has been operating a wood-burning stove since they started business in 2016 and continue to operate the stove to this day without passing a final inspection for it. The hood vent operates 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's out of the front of the property and I live in the back. It sounds and feels like a plane engine when everything is closed and I'm inside my place. The shared wall between our residence and the restaurant is cracking from vibrations. Mine and my neighbor's quality of life continues to suffer because of this. My neighbors and I have reached out to the city for years about the sound and vibrations. I had a virtual meeting with Code Enforcement and Building Safety in August last year about the thick, smelly smoke and consistent noise. I was told the restaurant was approved for a permit the year before, but never had the work finalized or inspected, so they had to reapply. I informed the city officials during that meeting that Noro continues to operate the stove since they opened in 2016. Code Enforcement said they would not cease operation of the stove and give the restaurant time to comply, because I guess years of not doing so wasn't long enough. Fast forward to the end of November last year and nothing at all has changed, so I sent a mass email to you all council members. Um, Councilmember Meister replied, but completely left it in the hands of Community Safety Director Danny Rebus without any oversight except emailing back sometimes to say, quote, code compliance is dealing with it. So then I had a meeting with Danny. He came to our residence and was surprised to hear how loud and close the hood vent is to us and that it operates all throughout the night. He asked me if I had asked the restaurant to shut off the the stove when it's closed for business. I've been in contact with Danny since then, and he said I'm peppering him for asking the status of this, even though it's been almost half a year since I brought it to this department's attention. Danny said, quote, this noise is not something that we would address, but we hold code for business adjacent to res 
residential property says, quote, between the hours of 10 p.m. and 8 a.m., sustained continuous or repeated noise from any commercial establishment that is plainly audible from any residential property is prohibited. Danny assures me, quote, no one is above the law, but this is all too fishy. Nora still needs to provide proof of an interlock system. Why does the city adamantly and blatantly ignore what I continue to bring to their attention? These codes aren't made as simply concepts. Everyone else has to follow the codes that the city created. Shouldn't the city need to follow them as well? The business shouldn't be allowed to operate machinery that can't pass a final inspection and violates noise ordinances every single night. I've been dismissed and ignored. Obviously, the city officials, you know, whatever. It just needs to happen. I'm sick of it. It's bullshit. I mean, it's happened for too long. It's blatant that these are violating or noise ordinance codes. Something needs to happen. It's black and white. You made the codes. I have to follow them. So should you. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Our final speaker this evening in chambers is Mike Carter. And then we have one speaker in Zoom. Greetings and good evening. I'm Mike Carter, a captain of the East Side's uh, Owls Neighborhood Watch. I'm here to speak this evening about disparity, meaning not equal treatment. I hope somehow my comments are germane to the agenda tonight, but I had planned on standing here uh, tonight first to enumerate all the difficulties that our neighborhood already has, but I spare you that except one. Um, because I will mention how cars charge us uh, at us in pedestrian walkways that are lit while we legally try to cross the street, and that no wonder, according to the LA Times, traffic-related injuries and fatalities are at a 20-year high. Consumed as we are with all our present difficulties, the Bond Project mixed-use hotel project again looms over our neighborhood to add insult to injury. At the Planning Commission meeting on the 19th of this month, we heard about another Type A development project also begun in 2016, 8555 Santa Monica Boulevard, and where time and again was heard the refrain, well, you know our housing quotas and the state requirements, while unheard was any melody about the last housing cycle where we superseded our housing quotas by thousands of units, which we'll do again this cycle. My heart goes out to the residents at the 8555 Planning Commission meeting, but the disparity I saw between what is rightly still not acceptable to them and the crumbs we're being offered as fodder for argument against that which is obviously ill-conceived in the first place was striking. Poetically, it, high euphemism for this is awful. Even contested by the public, this bond project within our Owls Neighborhood Watch jurisdiction shouldn't have a snowball's chance in hell. And I'm tempted to step out of the way, completely out of the way to see how the system really works and report to you all here diligently and publicly, play by play. I wish you a good meeting. Thank you, it's good to see you. We'll go to our final speaker in Zoom. Thank you. Our final speaker on Zoom this evening is Mikey Friedman. Mikey, you'll have two minutes, go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, first of all, good evening, everybody. I have a couple things I want to talk about. The first is uh, Yola DeRay, who is a Disabilities Advisory Board member. I want to publicly uh, tell you all that her birthday is Wednesday, and I want you to inundate her with love and affection because she just had very serious surgery last Friday, and I think she could really use the community 
love right now. Second, I want to say I'm happy that the council is moving their comments to the end. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Danny Hang, who is a public licensing commissioner, is on his way or is at a vigil in Monterey Park right now because that is where he grew up and he is heartbroken. But I want to say thank you to 26-year-old Brandon Say, who is a hero, who wrestled the man at the second dance hall and got the gun away from him. And without him, more people would have been killed. Speaking of shootings, I want to thank the Sheriff's Department for their very prompt and powerful response to the shooting suspect on Alta Loma and Sunset. Maybe some people don't value the sheriff living so close. I really do. And finally, I'd like to say I spoke at the last meeting about scooters. And I am happy to say that Mayor Sepeshine did reach out to me. And we are going to have a meeting tomorrow. And we are going to talk about things. And I hope that we both have used our Q-tips and are listening very well to each other so that we can solve some problems for our city. Thank you and have a good meeting. Good night. Thank you. Mayor, that was our last speaker. Thank you. Um, now we're going to move to public comments on consent calendar items which have not been removed from the consent calendar. Um, I will open the floor for public speakers wishing to speak on any topic not listed on our agenda. We've heard from everybody. We've heard from too. everybody. Okay, wonderful. If that's the case, um, we're going to move to council member comments and meeting attendance reports. Would any of my colleagues wish to report on meetings uh, attended? Yes. Um, council member Meister. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I represented the city at the Los Angeles County City Selection Committee, also attended the grand opening of 9001 Santa Monica Boulevard Mixed Use Project and the community swearing in of Assembly Member Rick Chavez-Zaber. Um, comments on um, consent, I don't have any comments at this time. And then regarding announcements, uh, Tuesday, January 24th, which is tomorrow from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., uh, there is going to be a teleconference community meeting with the Pacific Design Center about an amendment to the Pacific Design Center specific plan. And if you go onto the city's calendar, you can uh, get the information regarding the Zoom and register. And then on Saturday, January 28th, uh, Athens Services uh, Kitchen Pail Giveaways for Food Scrap Collection is happening from 9 to 12 at West Hollywood Park and from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at Plummer Park. The city and Athens Services will be hosting these events to provide free kitchen pails to the public. That's all. Thank you. Councilmember Byers. 
Just a quick attendance report. I traveled to Sacramento to attend the California Contract Cities Conference on January 10th and 11th. I also participated in uh, two statewide lob uh, meetings with representatives, uh, Senator Allen and Assemblymember Zabur, as well as a first introduction with our state lobbyist, and really grateful for the trip with Hernan, our city lobbyist, and our Mayor Pro Tem. Thank you so much. Mayor Pro Tem Erickson. Thank you so much, Madam Mayor. Um, in terms of meeting attendance, I too attended the Contract City Sacramento uh, conference and met uh, uh, with Senator Allen and Assemblymember Zaver on priority legislation items that will be coming before uh, the state legislature soon. Um, it was great being up there with my colleague, Chelsea Byers. Um, I attended the Cal Cities Policy Committee orientation, the California Contract Cities Board of Directors meeting. I also attended uh, the volunteer training for this Thursday's homeless count which I hope everyone participates in, um, as well as the grand opening for the 9001 building, um, as well as I presented certificates at the Stonewall Young Democrats Hero Awards, um, as uh, my, la my Saturdays in Plumber Park with an event this past weekend. And then this morning, uh, myself and Councilmember Chelsea Byers got up very early and greeted uh, the kids at West Hollywood Elementary for the great kindness kickoff week challenge um, and that was really nice and we handed them gum because of their commitment uh, to uh, being kind and I believe we are also going to be judging the door contest this coming Friday and that is probably the hardest decision we often face as council members when we have to score those doors so that was lovely and then I'm gonna um, I just have two directions for the city manager that I would love to ask him and then I'm gonna save the rest of my comments for the end of the meeting. Um, if Lauren uh, Langer as well as Jonathan Holub could provide an update on the tenant protections and eviction moratorium ending uh, with the rent increases coming in March 1st and thank you Eugene for giving comments as well as um, if uh, David and Oscar and Jackie could look at the Curson divider on Fountain. Um, it might need to be further extended as people are making very uh, illegal and scary turns to get around it um, and going north to south still. So we might make, need to make it impossible to do that um, without getting into an accident because it's causing accidents as one happened. Um, as well as, uh, and report back as need be. Um, and that is it for direction. Thank you. Um, uh, I just want to address uh, uh, Jonathan, um, uh, who made the comment uh, about um, Keenan Anderson. Um, I hear you. I see you. Thank you for um, holding us to account. And you're absolutely right. None of us did an adjournment for Keenan, and we should have. Um, so with that said, I would like to say a few words for Keenan Anderson. Keenan Anderson was a 31-year-old high school teacher and father um, and the cousin of Patrice Cullors, who was visiting from Washington, D.C. on January 3rd um, and was repeatedly tasered by police, LAPD, Los Angeles Police Department, um, and restrained and uh, uh, died. Black people make up 13% of our population, and yet in 2022, there were 24% of 
the fatalities as a result of um, police uh, uh, use of force. That is extremely high. And the rates keep rising every year. Uh, our uh, department and jurisdiction is currently with the LA County Sheriff's Department. And um, uh, I did post about Keenan um, when I heard, and I have reached out to uh, the city of LA and we'll work with our sheriff's department and Captain Mulder to have a meeting to discuss ways in which we can um, improve and do better. And that's my promise to you. Yeah. Um, now, yes. You forgot me for oh, council sorry. member comments. I'm so sorry. I thought you said you don't want to talk, so I. <laughs> okay. No, and I know yeah. I, I've said we should push this to the end, so yeah. I am going to make my comments yes, now. Yes, please, please, so, council member. I apologize. For no worries. So first of all, Mr. Smith, who smoke, I don't know if he's still here, but I, I see him raising his hand. I wasn't on the council in November, so I didn't get your, your emails and letters about this problem, but I would like that uh, our staff to give us a report uh, on why there is an ongoing problem and if there are codes that are being violated, why aren't they being enforced? So if if our staff could give us that report. Doesn't have to be at the meeting because you may not have all of the information, but I would certainly like that report. Uh, secondly, uh, we got a report from Edison and I I'm worried that a number of our low income residents, uh, especially our seniors, are going to be hard hit by utility bills we're all gonna be hard hit by utility bills this month. Uh, but for those who are especially vulnerable uh, in the community, we wanna make sure that we have provided them with all of the resources that are available. So I would like to ask our social services staff, excuse me, to look at whether there are any emergency programs that can help uh, our residents who are experiencing particularly high bills uh, from utilities and the, uh, the, the cold spell has obviously exacerbated things. And then finally, I wanted to thank the members of the Social Justice Task Force that is on our agenda tonight. Uh, I wasn't on the council when that task force was established, but they produced a great deal of, of work and recommendations. I'm looking forward to the follow-up from our staff, and I wanna thank our staff as well for evaluating those recommendations, bringing them forward, and I know that uh, there's a lot of work that's yet to be done, but I'm looking forward to seeing the results. Thank you. Thank you, Council Member Heilman. Um, I want to also wish um, an early happy birthday to Yola. Um, I wanted to let the public know that um, we will be, for the rest of my term, ending our meetings at 11.30 p.m. And if there are cr critical items that must still be heard, uh, we will vote as a council at that time to extend by 30 minutes if needed. Uh, the members of the public uh, deserve to have efficient meetings and uh, 
it's it's very difficult to stay here so long through the night and um, we as makers of public policy uh, need to be alert uh, to really vote on the people's business. I'm going to keep the presentations to a max of two that uh, former Mayor Meister uh, started um, as a way to also keep uh, the business of the people moving efficiently. And I will also ask that um, speakers uh, that speak from the present for the presentations be limited to two and be given a uh, time limit as well. Since our last meeting, I attended the following events. The King and Queen ribbon cutting, uh, Studio Climber ribbon cutting, the Williams Jazz Institute Jazz Brunch where I presented a proclamation to them. I attended the LA Best of the Best LGBTQ LA Awards uh, where I was humbled to receive the Stop the Hate Award. Uh, same Day Health's ribbon cutting, the grand opening of 9001 Santa Monica Boulevard. I also held my first sips with CEPI at the Domain where we had community members, staff, our community safety team and residents in attendance. And I spoke on spirituality and the women's movement at the JQ International Persian Pride Summit this weekend at the Skirball Cultural Center and presented them with a proclamation. I want to thank my colleagues uh, for your support of my items this evening uh, that have been moved to consent, including the Black Women Lead um, Black Market Pop-Up, the Lesbian and Queer Women's Visibility Week, um, and the resolution in support of sanctions against Azerbaijan for their um, blockade of the Lacan border, uh, corridor. Uh, regarding the item 2R, the social justice task force recommendations, I, I have the following comments. Um, I would like to have staff um, indicate who is responsible for each of the recommendations, which divisions are responsible. That was specifically part of uh, the motion and uh, incorporated in from uh, uh, former council member Lindsay Horvath, as well as identifying which staff member is in charge of driving each item forward. Um, and also look into, rather than waiting for the small business study for the uh, incubator program, is there a way to maybe solicit recommendations or request for information to figure out the uh, number of BIPOC-owned uh, businesses in the city instead of waiting for that to come? Is there a way for us to find that information out? Um, we need to really focus on moving the needle forward today, not tomorrow. Um, and as far as the Social Justice Advisory Board, um, what we envisioned is that they would be reviewing these recommendations um, and working on them moving forward uh, with division staff that has been in charge, um, going to the board with an implementation plan, the board discussing it, getting their input, and then having that, the plans come back to council for approval. I wanted to say that the Lunar New Year has officially started and it's one of the biggest holiday celebra uh, holidays celebrated in China, other Asian countries, and throughout the diaspora worldwide. It's a time for celebrating life, family, health, prosperity, and multi-generational traditions. It's not just a one-day celebration like how we ring in the New Year at midnight on January 1st. It's a multi-day celebration meant to ring in the spring season. The Lunar New Year is an auspicious time to come together with family and friends to not only celebrate one another, but also 
um, to wish those you love with good health and prosperity in the new year. Traditions include lion dancing as a symbol of good fortune, firecrackers to ward off evil spirits, and foods such as noodles to symbolize long life, dumplings to symbolize good fortune, and sweet rice balls to symbolize love and family togetherness. Um, the LA County Board of Supervisors will vote this Tuesday, uh, January 20, uh, 24th, on a motion to extend countywide emergency protections through June 30th, 2023. Um, I would love to find out, given our history of uh, tenant protections, if there's any way we can support the, uh, their motion. Uh, so... Oops, I'm kind of out of order. I want to wish everyone celebrating the year of the rabbit, good health and prosperity. It is a year of the rabbit uh, this year. Uh, I would also like to give an update on the women life freedom movement since I have been at every meeting since the murder of Massa Amini. Today I'm happy to report that the US Treasury Department announced sanctions that will target a foundation linked to Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps five of its board members, four senior IRGC commanders, and Iran's Deputy Minister of Intelligence and Security. The action was in coordination with Britain and the European Union. This is the ninth round of sanctions against um, the Iranian government from the US related to Iran's oppression of protesters. The Iranian government continues to rain darkness on Iranians and has executed four protesters continues its violent crackdowns, torture, and physical and sexual assault of protesters and prisoners. About 20,000 people have been arrested and more than 500 have been killed, including dozens of children. Please continue to spread the word about the atrocities being committed in Iran by this brutal government and call your elected officials and ask them to stand with the protesters in Iran. West Hollywood has a long history of standing for justice and human rights, and we will continue to live our values. Woman, life, freedom, Zan Zendigi Azadi. Um, City Manager, are there any updates at this time? Thank you, Mayor. Um, good evening, Mayor, Mayor Pro Tem, and Council members. Um, we're going to start with uh, City Attorney Lauren Langer providing the response regarding the rental units. Yes, thank you. Good evening. Um, I know that the patchwork of COVID tenant protections over the past three years can be can be pretty complicated and convoluted to piece together. So I am going to try to succinctly kind of summarize where we've been over the past three years and some action that we think might be taken at the Board of Supervisors um, countywide tomorrow. So as many people will remember, back when uh, immediately when COVID began, West Hollywood adopted an emergency eviction moratorium on March 16, 2020. Um, the moratorium that was local lasted approximately six months and gave tenants who deferred rent under its protections 10 months to pay landlords back rent after its termination. Our local moratorium ended September 30th, 2020, when it was preempted by state law because there were so many different cities and different jurisdictions adopting a more patchwork of, of regulation that this, the state decided to want it uh, regulated at the statewide level and to provide money towards uh, rental assistance and to help landlords um, through that period. So 
when the state preempted our local ordinance, our repayment period for the time that our local ordinance was in place was fixed from October 1, 2020 through September 30th, 2021 for rent that had been had come due during the time when West Hollywood had an ordinance. The state provided rental payments to landlords through the Housing is Key program, and tenants enjoyed limited protections from eviction while awaiting the processing of those payments. Nearly 1,800 West Hollywood households um, and landlords received approximately $29 million in housing as key rental assistance from the state. And that's in addition to all of the local rental assistance that West Hollywood provided to tenants through our local rental assistance programs. Um, if any tenant in the city has questions about the rules that have applied or are going to apply, they can always reach out to the Rent Stabilization Department to, at, to answer any questions, they're, they're always available. So in addition to all those uh, local and state regulations, um, most of the COVID-19 tenant protections ended around March 31st, 2022. However, the County of Los Angeles had a countywide eviction moratorium in place and it actually covered incorporated cities of the county to the extent those cities didn't have ordinances in place. And so as time went on, the county's uh, regulations have changed and what's in place at the moment, which we've talked about a couple times last year, were the county's regulations uh, prohibiting no fault evictions and the county still had um, eviction protection in place for, for low income tenants. And so those protections are scheduled to expire on January 31st um, at the end of this month. However, the County Board of Supervisors just posted today a proposed extension to many of those protections that they'll actually vote on tomorrow. And so there wasn't time to, to put a consideration of this before the council tonight because, um, because we just learned about it today. But I'm gonna summarize it briefly. Um, so under the proposed county extension that the Board of Supervisors will Board of Supervisors will look out tomorrow. The low-income tenants will, would be protected from eviction for failure to pay rent due to COVID-19 hardship through, it looks like June 30th, 2023. The repayment period will then be 12 months from that date. Um, and these low-income tenant, tenants cannot be evicted for no-fault reasons. Special extensions for protection from eviction for unauthorized pets or persons uh, living in their unit due to COVID-19 are added. Um, and this extension would go through January 31st, 2024. Once these protections expire, landlords would still have to provide their tenants a 30-day notice to cure or quit prior to filing an eviction based on the presence of an unauthorized occupant or an unauthorized pet that began during the time of the LA County um, rules uh, and before January 20th, 2023. Um, our reading of the proposed resolution before the county is that the no-fault eviction protections, which means Ellis Act evictions and certain owner move-ins, um, will be prohibited until January 31, 2024. Uh, we'll be able to confirm those dates after the Board of Supervisors meeting tomorrow, and we'll be able to report to the community through press releases and through the website, which is something um, that we've consistently tried to do to keep the community um, updated through, uh, throughout this whole process. Um, I think rent stabilization staff can um, listen in and perhaps call into the rent stabilization uh, meeting tomorrow um, to listen and provide support because West Hollywood has provided unwavering support for eviction protections for the past three years and really through the you know, 39 years of, of cityhood. And so the last thing I wanna say is that um, 
Oh, the city's freeze on uh, rental increases for rent-stabilized units um, is scheduled to end on March 1st, 2023, and the rent increases on rent-stabilized units will be capped at 3%. Um, John Holub is also available if the council wants to hear some updates on the services that the city has been providing and will continue to provide to tenants uh, through this period. Thank you. Good evening, Mayor, Mayor Pro Tem, uh, Council Members, uh, Jonathan Hollow, Rent Stabilization Manager. Uh, very briefly, um, just going to go over some of the uh, bigger programs the city has uh, available for tenants who are at the risk of eviction or facing eviction. Um, Betsetic Legal Services provides no-cost uh, eviction defense to West Hollywood residents. Um, you heard from Eugene Maysky at the Coalition for Economic Survival. Um, during public comment, and they're under an emergency contract with the city and do provide a um, West Hollywood tenant-specific clinic. Um, there are other legal services organizations that provide representation to county residents, and that information can be attained through the Rent Stabilization Division. There is COVID-related rental assistance through the National Council of Jewish Women, and still general relief available through the Alliance for Housing and Healing. Um, appointed that additional resources can be found at stayhousedla.org. That's a countywide um, organization. Um, and all of this information and other information can be provided through the division. Um, if they call, if anyone who needs help um, wants to contact us, we can be reached at 323-848-65, I'm sorry, 6450 or by emailing RSD, as in Rent Stabilization Division, at weho.org. That information is on the website, weho.org. I can reach out to the division, reach out to me, and um, we'll assist anyone who needs help. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you, Mayor. Um, so just for clarification, for the social justice task force item, um, so the divisions are listed in the staff report. Are you, were you asking that we read them tonight, the divisions for each of the recommendations? The specific divisions um, for each that are in charge of each one, um, each uh, recommendation, were they clearly listed? Because I think that's what um, the chair of the social justice task force was referring to, as well as the point person from staff who is in charge. Okay, so we can we can say the divisions now if they're not. I think if they're listed on most of them. Some of them may not be as clear because it's not necessarily a division. It's a number of staff people from different divisions. Um, so I can certainly reach out to Jonathan Wilson and talk with him more about that. Great. Um, the plan has always been to work with the Social Justice Task Force on all the recommendations, so we plan to continue to do that throughout the pro process. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, as far as some of the other cons uh, comments, so um, staff will continue to work with Eric Smith and Nora regarding uh, those public comments earlier. Um, we will look at the divider at Curson and Fountain and report back to the city council. And then we'll also look at um, emergency programs related to the uh, high utility bills for low-income people. And I think that concludes my report. 
Thank you, city manager. Uh, city clerk, uh, what is the fiscal impact for tonight's consent calendar? Thank you, Mayor. The fiscal impact on tonight's consent calendar with the addition of items 4A, 5A, 5C, and 5E as an elephant and 5F as in Frank is $13,496,545 in expenditures, $230,000 in CDBG funds, and $8,550 in waived fees. And there is a motion on the floor to adopt tonight's consent calendar. I saw it and then it went away. Can we hit the motion we one more another, time? Can we get the motion again? Perfect. Right. Council so. member Heilman moved and Mayor Pro Tem uh, Erickson seconded. Motion passes five to zero. Thank you. Uh, we will now move to public hearing. Um, specifically, we will now hear public hearing item 3A, uh, the second reading to adopt the California State Building Code by reference. The public hearing is now open. Are there any disclosures from council, mem uh, council members? No? Any disclosures? Okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, Madam City Clerk, how was this hearing noticed? As required by law. Uh, will the staff representative please introduce yourself and present the staff report um, and presentation? Sure. Good evening, uh, Mayor Shine and Council members. My name is Ben Galan. I'm the Building and Safety Manager. With me is John Kehoe, our PDS uh, Director. Uh, the item is to request to approve the second reading of an ordinance to adopt the 2023 LA County amendments to the 2022 California Building Code. This item on today's public hearing agenda is a procedural item. There are no changes to the ordinance approved by City Council for first reading on December 19th, 2022. We ask the Council to approve the second reading of this ordinance. Thank you. Mayor, if there are no public speakers, I'm prepared to move that we close the public hearing and um, adopt the ordinance that's been presented. Second. Excellent. Do we have public a second? Speakers? They we just did a motion to close the public hearing. Did you have public testimony on the second reading of the building code adoption? Yeah. Okay. Come on. Well, thank you for giving me these extra few seconds to speak. I would just like to say that I mean, just based on the codes alone, uh, the California Plumbing Code, Electrical Code, and things like that, I think that needs to be reinforced for landlords to uh, upgrade their buildings to match, uh, to match what we actually need today. Um, I'm not allowed, uh, according to my lease, I'm not allowed to have an air conditioner when it gets to 120 odd degrees outside, and my apartment is 105 degrees at the bare minimum. Um, so uh, we need to enforce upgrading electrical and plumbing and mechanical and basically everything instead of just making an emotion please enforce it on the landlords they make money off us we deserve proper living situation conditions thank you thank you um do we need to reclose the public hearing again 
Let's close the public hearing and um, may I get those motions again. Councilmember Heilman and Councilmember Byers. Motion passes. Thank you. Now we'll move to item 3B, uh, an urgency ordinance and first reading of an ordinance to amend accessory and junior accessory dwelling unit regulations in Title 19 of the Zoning Code of the West Hollywood Municipal Code in compliance with state law. Uh, we will now hear public hearing item 3B. Um, the public hearing is now open. Are there any disclosures from council members? No disclosures? I don't have any either. Great. Uh, Madam, uh, Madam City Clerk, how was this hearing noticed? As required by law. Thank you. Um, will the staff representative please introduce yourself and present the staff report and um, your presentation? Thank you, Mayor Jerry Hittleman and um, Senior Contract Planner. And as stated, we'll be doing the presentation on revised uh, regulations for accessory dwelling units. Next slide, please. First, we'll start out with some background, then go through the ordinance and then recommendations. Next slide. Just for a quick timeline, in January 2020, the city's most recent updates were made to the uh, municipal code. And then in January 2021 through January 2023, further updates to state law were made, including the, the um, state laws that you see listed there. On December 15th, 2022, the Planning Commission public hearing uh, was held to consider the ADU zone text amendments. Next slide, please. Uh, just to go over really quickly, there are different types of ADUs that are regulated through these state law and, and the municipal code uh, detached uh, from a residence attached above the garage. Uh, there's interior that could even be a lower level, a basement uh, interior that could be an upper level or a garage conversion. Next slide, please. Uh, ADUs are now allowed in multifamily building structures as well, and they can either be detached ADUs like you see on the left, or you can convert unlivable space such as storage rooms and garages, and that's an example from San Francisco where garages were turned into ADUs. Next slide. Um, there are various properties in West Hollywood with ADUs, and just really quickly, there to date are 115 ADUs, including one junior accessory dwelling unit. Uh, 55 are on single family lots, which are in blue, and 60 are on multifamily properties, which is shown in yellow. I'll hand off the presentation on the next slide to Angela Mischke, who is planning intern. Good evening, council, mayor, and mayor pro temp. I'm Angela Mischke with the Long Range Planning Team. Um, so to start on the revisions, the city zoning code regulates the height of all ADUs. Attached or detached ADUs are limited to 16 feet above grade, and detached ADUs are restricted to one story. In accordance with SB 897, effective this year, staff proposes increasing the allowable height limit for detached ADUs to 18 feet, 
or 20 feet to accommodate a roof pitch, and increasing the allowable height limit for attached ADUs to 25 feet or the height allowed for primary dwellings in the underlying zone, whichever is lower. Next slide, please. SB 897 also regulates JADUs. The new legislation clarifies that JADUs may be built within non-existing, or sorry, non-livable portions of single-family dwellings such as an attached garage, and adds a requirement that JADUs sharing a bathroom with the primary dwelling unit must include an interior entranceway to the primary dwelling. The proposed revisions would adjust our code to comply with these changes. Next slide, please. The city currently limits ADUs to a two-bedroom maximum. To comply with state law, staff proposes removing a limitation on bedrooms which the state interprets as discriminatory based on family type and size. Next slide, please. The state also now allows cities to impose an impact fee for ADUs larger than 750 square feet, but does not require this. West Hollywood does not currently require impact fees for ADUs, and staff recommends no change on this matter because of the potential for fees to disincentivize ADU construction. Next slide, please. Previously, the state allowed one converted ADU or one JADU to be approved with a building permit only on a lot with a single family dwelling. The passage of AB 3182 requires cities to permit one converted ADU and one JADU with a building permit only on a lot with a single family dwelling unit. Next slide, please. Finally, staff recommends that roof decks not be permitted on ADUs. Historically, there have been privacy and noise complaints related to roof decks in the city. Because ADUs are not subject to the same development standards that regulate the parcel's underlying zone, such as setback requirements, roof decks on ADUs have an especially heightened potential to disturb the surrounding neighborhood. Uh, next slide, please. And I'll hand it back to Jerry to go over recommendations for the council. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. The Planning Commission, as stated, recommended the following uh, revisions. They concurred with staff's proposal to prohibit roof decks on all ADUs. They recommended that the height limit for all detached ADUs be as provided in the zone text amendment before the council this evening to all properties within the city. Next slide, please. And um, the agenda reports, attachments A and B are ordinances that will amend the municipal code to comply with the most recent changes to state law. The ordinances are identical, except attachment A is an urgency ordinance uh, with urgency findings that will take effect immediately upon approval, uh, if you so choose, by four-fifths of the council tonight. Attachment B is your standard non-urgency uh, ordinance that will take effect 30 days following the second reading or adoption of this ordinance. So again, staff's recommendation is for the council to adopt the urgency ordinance as attached and introduce for first reading the ordinance attached as well. Uh, thank you, and we're available for question and answer, and we do have a representative from the city attorney's office on Zoom who's an expert. Nope, he's not here. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> then, then, She's sitting on the dais, yes. <laughs> then we're, we're going to designate Lauren as the expert. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do any of my colleagues have any questions from staff before we would? Do we have any public comment? I okay. Oh, any? Can you go grab? Can you go grab speaker slips? Um, and I think two council members have questions. Great. Thank you, um, Mayor Pro Tem Erickson. Uh, thank you. How, um, did the Planning Commission take into consideration, um, if you look at that map of the ADUs and the 1J ADU, how many are surrounded by multifamily, um, three to four story development projects? Um, thank you for your question. Uh, we had a little discussion about that, but that direct issue did not come up. They, they just discussed the privacy and you know, noise issue that could occur from roof decks. If a roof deck, though, would be allowed and it's surrounded by a three to four story building, isn't the three to four story building the one that's actually invading in the privacy of the actual ADU itself? That That is correct, and it could be the reverse. The ADU can impact Perhaps but if we the multifamily in terms of decks and so forth. But if we were to send back to planning to create a, a reasonable height limit for what that would look like, that type of impact would be within our control, or it's it's um, uh, it's silent as the staff report talks about, right? Correct. So, um, in terms of the roof decks on noise and privacy in certain residential zones like the sing our single family home neighborhoods. I can understand the noise and privacy concern, but ones on the east side where there are still homes seem to be a little bit moot on that issue, right? That's the same question I just asked you, but. Correct, okay. that, that would be a little different situation. Great, those are just my questions right now. Okay, um, Council Member Heilman. Yeah, uh, thank you, Jerry. It's nice to see you again. Um, just to clarify what's before us, you're, the recommendations that staff is making and the Planning Commission has made are designed to ensure that our local ordinance is in compliance with state law. Because if we don't make these amendments, our ordinance is essentially moot because state law would control, correct? That's, that is correct. Okay, yeah. so I, I thank you for all the work. I'm prepared to um, introduce or make the motion, uh, but I know we have a public speaker, so I'll wait until after that uh, speaker speaks. Thank you. Thank you, City Clerk. Thank you. Annie Jumpfacente. <clears throat> Start increasing um, enforcement on landlords right now using these ADUs and JAD, JADUs, uh, force them to pay for air conditioning. They already do for heating. Should be required for air conditioning as well. Um, you should also limit the rent for these conditions uh, to $1,500 for no more than 10 years. Let's see how that one goes with the landlords and see how many units uh, get built and filled. 
because rent's already costly as is. I wonder if they're going to fill them regardless. Um, the noise ordinance. So you can't hang out on the street or on top of your roof now. Yeah, so where are we supposed to hang out outside? Seriously, at no cost. Um, there's noise ordinances for a reason, and we already have enforcement that are supposed to do their job, but obviously we don't. Again, the police, they don't do their job. So it seems like a lot of the problems here are, I mean, we, I'm just going to restate them. We should force landlords to pay for heat, rent at $1,500 for no more than 10 years, and public access or roof access should not be um, an issue regarding this, this topic. I mean, like, seriously, just have your dogs do their jobs. Are there any other public comments? No, Mayor, that's our only speaker. Thank you. Um, is there any uh, discussion or? I'm still prepared to move that we close the public hearing, um, adopt the urgency ordinance and introduce the other ordinance on first reading, essentially staff's recommendation. Great. Um, and I'm prepared to second. Great. Moved by Councilmember Heilman, seconded by Councilmember Meister. Uh, Madam City Clerk, can you please read the title of the ordinances for the record? An ordinance of the City of West Hollywood adopting amendments to various provisions within Title 19 zoning of the West Hollywood Municipal Code regarding accessory and junior accessory dwelling units and finding the action statutorily exempt from California Environmental Quality Act or CEQA. Thank you. We will now move to item 3C um, and here public hearing uh, item. Uh, zoning amendment and development agreement with a private party to access and maintain a replacement off-site advertising billboard. The public hearing is now open. Are there any disclosures from council members? Yes, Mayor. Um, I, my building, uh, the driveway, is within a fraction of the 500 feet radius, so I have to recuse myself from this matter and leave the dais. I'll be back after this item. Thank you, Councilmember Heilman. Any disclosures, Mayor Pro Tem? Councilmember Byers? Councilmember, okay. Uh, Madam City Clerk, how was this uh, hearing noticed? As required by law. Um, will the staff representative please introduce yourself and present uh, the staff report? Good evening, Mayor Schein, Mayor Pro Temp Erickson, and members of the City Council. My name is Antonio Castillo, Senior Planner with the Current and Historic Preservation Planning Division. Uh, with me is uh, John Kehoe, Director, um, and with us on Zoom is Brian League. Uh, the, the item before you this evening uh, includes the replacement of an existing one-sided static billboard with a new two-sided static billboard. Uh, two uh, would be consideration of a development agreement with Seaview uh, Palms and Company for access, operation, and maintenance of the replacement billboard. And the third would be a zoned map amendment 
to replace the um, to place the property into a development agreement overlay zone. Uh, next slide, please. The property is a through lot located uh, with street frontages uh, along Santa Monica Boulevard and uh, Holloway Drive. Next uh, slide, please. The approximate 8,700 square foot site has, uh, has an approximately uh, 6,300 square foot, 23 room motel structure constructed in 1954 known as Holloway Motel. Uh, the property also includes uh, the one-sided static billboard um, operated by Outfront Media. The City Council identified the Holloway Motel as an eligible uh, motel for the conversion into interim housing with on-site supported services, and in June 2022, approved a purchase-sale agreement for the Holloway Motel. The, the city and the seller are currently in escrow, and one of the conditions during the escrow period it, uh, was for plan the Planning Commission to review the purchase of the property uh, for consistency with the general plan. And on December 15 uh, of last year, the, the Commission considered this item at a public hearing and on a unanimous vote um, adopted a resolution making a finding uh, that the acquisition of the property uh, and the replacement billboard was consistent with the general plan. And additionally, the, the commission recommended that the city council approve the zone map amendment and development agreement with a signed permit. The acquisition of the property and the replacement billboard as part of the acquisition agreement will provide various benefits to the city and would not impede the implementation of the, um, the goals and policies of, of the general plan. Uh, the project uh, would allow the city uh, to effectively ad address um, its goals in, in its five-year plan to address homelessness, including the establishment of bridge housing and to increase the number of special needs housing. The Home Key Grant Program was created specifically for this type of a conversion. A condition of the purchase agreement required to uh, complete the acquisition of the property is to provide the seller uh, an exclusive easement for the operation, maintenance, improvement, replacement, and leasing of the, of the two-sided uh, billboard in uh, the location uh, the, where the current uh, single-sided billboard exists. The entitlement for the billboard uh, to be replaced includes a development agreement with a revenue share provision which allows the, the city to receive 30% of the additional revenue the billboard would generate over the 30-year term of the development agreement. The scope of this item tonight uh, does not include the actual change of use of the motel building or any physical improvements to the building at this time. Future use of the building uh, after the city acquires a property will be subject to conformance with the applicable development standards in the city's zoning ordinance and consistency with the general plan and CEQA. And uh, so it, it's staff's assessment that the acquisition of the Holloway Motel the zone map amendment to create the development agreement overlay and the development agreement establishing the easement uh, to access the billboard and the replacement of the billboard itself is consistent with the general, uh, the general plan. Therefore, staff recommends that the city council approve the zone map amendment development agreement and sign permit. This concludes my presentation, Mayor. Thank you. Um, are there any public comments, City Clerk? 
Yes, we have one member of the public who wants to speak. Okay. Sorry, we're just switching back to Granny Kiss. Um, Annie, you will have two minutes. Um, I don't understand what's historical about replacing an entire sign and then adding a whole new side to it. Why is that historical? Why is that being protected as historic preservation, especially when it has rotating ads that don't last longer than eight to 10 week campaigns. There's nothing historic about advertisements. What? <laughs> this is really part of the agreement. It's just space rented in the air so that capitalists can continuously advertise to us, though we have those continuous advertisements in our pocket. I think that generates more money than a billboard in the air that just litters our skies. We already had uh, an unfortunate vote for one above the Whiskey Go-Go. That ugly monstrosity is another, another thing in the sky that's just designed to sell crap around to really the residents because everyone else that goes there can't afford it. Um, so when you're putting up billboards and things like that of that nature, you're basically advertising to a very specific set of people, rich people in this country, they're mostly white, almost exclusively white. So um, continue pushing these historical preservation advertisements and uh, see who you're going to attract. Um, you're gonna lose out on a population that actually cares about each other. I mean, that's seriously like every single thing that I've been here for for the last four, one, four, four or five months has basically led to this. None of you actually give a shit. But, you know, here, have your advertisement in the sky. Are there any other speakers? No, we have no other speakers. Thank you. Um, do any uh, members of the council have any questions of staff or, may, uh, or wish to make any uh, comments before I close the public hearing? Excellent. Council member Meister. Thank you. So um, I just wanted to double check on the uh, on the billboard that's replacing the current billboard. It's not going to be digital and it's not going to be a video playing billboard. Is that correct? That is correct. So it's there, just it the old fashioned lit static static and except that it will be two sided now. And is the size of the billboard um, now uh, the new billboard going to be like a standard size? Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. It would be a standard 20 by 60 size. Okay. And then uh, at the end of 30 years, whose billboard is it? Is it still not our billboard? Or is it, is it the old property owner's billboard? Or is it become our billboard? Or we just re... Um, just do a new development agreement, is that what happens? Yes, um, they can only have the two-sided billboard during the term that we have a development agreement, but the easement and right to maintain the site will, will stay with the sellers in perpetuity. So at the end of the 30 years, we either enter into a new development agreement or they convert the sign back to the smaller one-sided billboard. Right, but the actual 
building is still our building. Correct. Okay. Correct. I just wanted to make sure about that. And then uh, my last question is actually to the city manager uh, regarding the revenue that we get from the billboard. How do you propose, you know, where it goes and how it's spent and... So right now, the revenue would go into the general fund, like all of our other billboards. Um, I know there was a public comment today suggesting that the revenue be used uh, specifically for the site and for the transitional housing. Um, I would recommend that if we want to discuss that, that we do that as part of the budget discussions with the um, budget subcommittee, the mayor and the mayor pro tem. Um, the DA itself, it doesn't dictate how the revenue is used. So this wouldn't make a change to the DA at all. Um, I think if we do want to use some portion of the revenue for transitional housing, that that's something that we could either come up with a process that if we need additional funding each year, we dedicate some portion similar to what we do with the Affordable Housing Trust Fund and the inclusionary housing. If there's not enough received in a year, um, we add money from that. Um, it just gives us more flexibility. Um, if we limit ourselves to only using um, the billboard money for that site and if we get find other funding sources um, that covers the operational costs, then that money would just sit there. Uh, Councilmember Byers, do you have any comments? Okay. Uh, Mayor Pro Tem. Thank, thank you so much. And <clears throat> you stole my thunder a little bit there, Councilmember Meister. Uh, maybe stole some of our thunder. Um, while I appreciate, I think, the recommendations of the city manager, I think it is important that we dedicate that funding directly to the Holloway Hotel. However, with that caveat, or whatever we'll be doing there, uh, to use your words. Um, and I know myself and the mayor serve on that budget subcommittee meeting, so if you could make sure that part is agendized specifically in that conversation, so that would allow us the greatest flexibility and outline a plan for those services, not only for the items that will be featured in that project, but then any additional funding that we would look for for strategic initiatives or the stuff that would be related to um, uh, services and projects and the work that we would be doing there, it would be great to have um, uh, maybe the strategic initiatives division or someone else play into that to see how those monies could be going. I don't want to screw with the DA tonight, I understand that, but I think, I don't want to speak for my colleagues, but it's important for me to have that funding source just continually there. Um, and I think it's important that we always know that that pot of money, because as we know, billboards sell things uh, and they bring in revenue and that revenue seems to come no matter what Kardashian seems to be featured at the La Cienega and Santa Monica billboards. It changes, I think, as Annie said, every eight weeks or so. And so um, uh, I think that would be very important to have that conversation. I'm happy to have that later. Thank you, Mayor Pratam, and I agree as well. Uh, if there's no other discussions, um, looks like we have a uh, motion on the floor. Councilmember Byers seconded by Councilmember uh, Meister. I will now, well, I'm closing the public hearing and taking the motion. I simply want to note for the record that uh, Councilmember Hellman has recused himself from this item. Thank you. Um, and the motion passes. Madam City Clerk, please read the title of the ordinances for the record. 
There are two ordinances associated with this item. Uh, the first one uh, adopts the zoning map amendment and ordinance of the city council of the city of West Hollywood, approving a zoning map amendment in conjunction with a development agreement for the offsite advertising billboard replacement at 8465 Santa Monica Boulevard, West Hollywood, California. And the other ordinance adopts the development agreement for this item and ordinance of the city council of the city of West Hollywood, approving a development agreement in conjunction with the offsite advertising billboard replacement at 8465 Santa Monica Boulevard, West Hollywood, California. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's go ahead and take a seven-minute break and meet back here at 8 o'clock.
Everyone, please take your seats. It is 8 p.m. We will now uh, move to unfinished business item 4B. Will the staff representative please introduce yourself and present the staff report? Or That's me. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor's name tag has fallen out. I don't know what's going on tonight with nameplates. Um, thank you, Janet. Good evening, Mayor, Mayor Pro Tem, and Council members. Uh, the item before you is a request to move the first meeting in June. Um, it was at the behest of one of your colleagues, given that that is the Monday after Pride, and in recognition of all the events that you attend over Pride weekend, um, we were planning to we were asked to look at moving it. Um, the challenge with June is that we're looking at our budget so that we can adopt it by July 1, which is why we can't cancel the first meeting in June. We have to find another day. Um, because this item was very specific to moving it to Tuesday, June 7th, it doesn't give us a lot of leeway. What I can do is poll you tonight on what day would work for you, and then return with a consent calendar item simply codifying that for the record. Um, I was asked about the following Monday, which would be June 12th. Um, as you know, we have, we're going to have 16 commissions and boards, and there's usually something going on most nights of the week, with the exception of Fridays. That Monday would typically be a public safety commission meeting. Um, we can look at other dates. So just right now, do any of the council members have a suggestion for a different first meeting date in June. Um, Madam City Clerk, I was wondering, since we won't be having a meeting the first Monday of July because of the 4th of July, wondering if it makes sense to move the June meetings to the second and fourth June Mondays in June. Similar to what we did for this month. We could do that. I'm fine with that. If the count, if the count, okay. So bring back an item to move the June meetings to, and I'm looking at the city manager because again, this, you know, <laughs> we bring we bring the budget as a consent calendar item one meeting, and then we come back the second meeting. And I know last year we were a little late having the meetings. I think it's fine. The only challenge is if you adopt them budget on the last Monday in June. It's a really quick turnaround to input all of the budget numbers for July 1. Um, but I think we can so do it in that <laughs> week, the one week there. So it's... Okay. So the 12th and the 26th? Yes. Does that work? Looks like there's a motion on the floor by Mayor Pro Tem Erickson, seconded by Councilmember Heilman. So the recommendation would be to direct the city clerk to return with a consent calendar item amending the June schedule to the second and fourth Mondays in June. Yep. So that's what we'll do. Is that the motion on the floor? Yes, ma'am. Perfect.
Motion passes five to zero. Wonderful. Now we're going to move to uh, item 5B, new business, um, appointment of city council members as delegates and alternates to various organizations, committees, and conferences, and to city council subcommittees. Um, will the staff representative please introduce yourself and present the report? Good evening again, Mayor, Mayor Pro Tem and Council Members. Your staff representative, Melissa Crowder, City Clerk, needs to move to the correct item on the agenda. There we go. Thank you, Annie. Um, we are being, you are being asked this evening to make your appointments to outside organizations as well as the internal standing City Council subcommittees and ad hoc subcommittees. Um, the first item would be the adoption of the resolution appointing Mayor Shine to the Sanitation District. That's the tradition that the mayor serves in that capacity. Um, let me get to my page. Uh, so is there an alternate city council member who would like to serve on the Sanitation District, which I believe is currently via Zoom. Council member Meister, is that correct? Yeah, so it's currently in Zoom, but then it goes to Whittier. <laughs> Wednesdays. Yeah, hold on, I have it in here. So they meet, uh, the board meets the second Wednesday of February, June, September, and December at 1.30. I'm, I'm happy to step up and be the alternate to the mayor. <laughs> okay, great. So, Mayor Pro Tem Erickson. Chelsea, would you like it? No. no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, thank you. Um, okay, so California Contract Cities, this would be the um, attending council members. Um, I would like to do that one. I don't know if people else want to speak up. I think we just do it annually. Whoever's going to attend is yeah, the city's representative. Yeah. So Mayor Pro Tem Erickson and Council Member Byers, are you indicated? Okay. Okay, the uh, LA County City Selection Committee. The mayor is the appointee. Um, is there a council member who would like to be the alternate? I'll do it. Okay. Council Member Heilman for City Selection Committee. Okay, California Joint Powers Insurance Authority um, is a council member and then there are two staff appointees which currently is the Director of Administrative Services, Janet Jimenez and myself. I'll do it. If okay, Council Member Meister will be the council member. Did you skip over Clean Power Alliance? Oh, I did. Thank you. So um, back in November, Mayor Pro Tem Erickson was appointed as our director. Um, so this would be for the alternate. And then there's a city staff person, Francisco Contreras. Anyone? Know? Chelsea? Okay. Council Member Byers, I apologize. Uh, okay, so Southern California Association of Government, SCAG. I'll, I'll do it. I most likely will be there. Okay. But we, we can have an alternate as well. I mean, 
people are going to be. Who would anyone like to, to be the in? alternate? Any alternates for SCAG? Councilmember Byers. Okay. And then the Santa Monica uh, watershed, which I think was council was Mayor Pro Tem Erickson previously. Did you want to remain? <laughs> Unless anyone is really excited about that. Clerk, we also have the National League of Cities. Yeah. National League of Cities would be the delegate, the two delegates. I would like to be one of them. Okay. Anybody else for the second delegate? I'll do it, but I think, again, it depends on the schedule of when they're meeting. Is this the conference in March? Yeah. Yes. I won't be able to attend that, so okay. yeah, maybe I, somebody else should be. Chelsea, why, why, why don't you do it? Okay. Do you, we need an alternate for my, just in case I'm not able to go to the for Santa the Monica Santa Bay Monica. watershed uh, meeting, uh, Madam City Clerk? We could appoint an alternate. I don't think we have in the past. But. I, I recommend Councilmember Meister, but that's just... You know, me saying, What's, let's make the last four years fun for you, you know? You're sharing the wealth, huh? You care about water. I do. <laughs> I do. I'll, I'll be the alternate. Okay. Unless someone else is dying to do it. Yeah, we did. There also, isn't there also a staff person that has... Is that the one that... that yeah, there is a staff. We did national. I'm sorry. Is that is there isn't there also a staff person? Because I remember Councilmember D'Amico was on this, and I don't think he you ever went. It may have been Robin Eason at one point, but I don't recall off the top of my head. But but a staff member is allowed is my point. So maybe we just uh, make sure that we have a staff member that can do it as well. I can look into, and that's for the Santa Monica Bay one. A Santa Monica Bay watershed. Yeah. Um, I can check. I don't recall there being a staff appointee, but I, I could be wrong. Well, it says alternate council member slash staff. Oh, well, then so. there you go. Yeah. Then, yeah, that would probably, if, if it follows the same, then Francisco would probably be the staff person. Right. So then we have League of California Cities, the annual conference. I could always bring the item back as we get closer, but it's it's up to you if you want to. We, we did National League. We did National the League. League. This is of League of California, California Cities. Cities. California Cities. In September. And it's typically in October, <laughs> we're, we're I believe. <laughs> How many leagues of cities do we have? Lots it's of leagues. It's in September this year, Councilmember Howland. Okay. Yeah, I'm happy to, I'm on a committee at the yeah. Cal Cities, so mm -hmm. I'm happy to either serve as the alternate or the person, I, but if the mayor wants to serve as the voting delegate because she's but mayor, I'm, I'm happy to. Yeah. I'm happy to serve as the uh, voting delegate. Okay. Great. I'll be the alternate then. Okay. So that is the outside organizations, and now we move we to, to the Cog. subcommittee, city council subcommittee. Uh, we didn't do, uh, we didn't do West, West Side, Side Cog. I thought we did the Cog. No. West Side City oh, Council of Governments. Um, I've been on the uh, the the delegate, and I'd like to continue being the delegate of the West Side City Council of Governments. Um, and our alternate was Council Member Meister. Yeah, I'm happy to have someone else do it if they okay. want. Okay. Do you know when the meetings are? The, yeah. Thursday, 
think they're the third week. Third of Thursday third of Thursday. odd numbers month at 12 p.m. and it rotates cities, so it goes okay. from West Hollywood to Culver City, Santa Monica, Beverly Hills. Sure. Heilman. Okay. Thank you, Councilmember Heilman. Okay. Just giving it one last look. Okay. So standing subcommittees, homelessness subcommittee uh, currently is Mayor Shine and Councilmember Meister. Um, I would like to actually nominate um, Councilmember Byers to take my place on this subcommittee. And I'd like to ask Councilmember Heilman if he would like to also be on the subcommittee. Sure. So that subcommittee meets the fourth Thursday of the month at 8.30 every other month. So I'll send you the schedule. And it's via Zoom. Um, the Pride subcommittee, um, we did this appointment previously. It's Mayor Shine and Mayor Pro Tem Poir Erickson. Um, Mayor Shine, did you wanna add anything to that? Yes, um, I have a suggestion if my colleagues would agree that um, I think it would be a good process to have each year the mayor and the mayor pro tem serve on this subcommittee together. And of course, if um, a mayor or a mayor pro tem uh, don't want to, then uh, another uh, council member can step up. But I think as um, just as an option and a, and a good way of uh, moving forward, I'd suggest that we uh, move forward that way in the future. I actually really agree with that idea. I think that's smart in terms of process, considering they serve on the budget subcommittee together. And Pride, if David uh, has anything to say with it, uh, is an expensive <laughs> item sometimes, so it makes sense to... Right, David, that's me triggering you from our last conversation. But, yeah, okay. I, I would just say that if we are going to do that, that maybe we have this rotation happen earlier in the year. I guess the earliest it would be would be December. When the, because of pride, because we, where we are now, we haven't had a lot of subcommittee meetings. Hopefully at some point we're gonna be at the point where we're doing a lot of the planning mm -hmm. um, in the calendar year before pride. And so we just don't wanna wait until this late in the year to. Well, why don't we at every mayor and mayor pro tem reorg, vote, whatever happens, do it. Just assume that it goes at that point, right? So that's the second meeting in December that we would do. The other thing we could do is one of the previous mayor, mayor pro tems, if they're still on the council, could serve as an alternate to the mayor, mayor pro tem, so they have the continuing knowledge of what was decided of in the previous year. Let's see how it That's goes. That's great. Let's see how it goes. It's a we, it would be three. Um, I don't know. So Lauren and I would have to talk oh. about that. But, like, or no. you'd just be required to watch the previous three meetings of the subcommittee. Can we just try it for a year yeah. and see how it goes? You want to try it for a year? Try it for a year and see how that goes. Okay. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, Those are the two, um, aside from the budget subcommittee, which is always the mayor and the mayor pro tem, um, then we have all of our ad hoc subcommittees. So I currently have them all listed um, with the exception of the Plummer Park ending at the end of this calendar year, because as ad hocs, they can't have continuing matter subject jurisdiction. Um, so 
the AIDS Monument Project is the new name for what was formerly the FAM slash AIDS subcommittee. Um, my understanding is that's gonna be ramping up and will require about two to three meetings. I'm willing to serve on that. Okay. And I would like to serve on that as well, so. Okay. Great. Um, similarly, the Plummer Park Project Subcommittee, there are quite a few things for this subcommittee to look at this year. Um, I anticipate probably three to four meetings of this subcommittee. I'd like to stay on it if possible. I would like to stay with my colleague if my colleague doesn't uh, object. Oh, no, Colleagues great. don't object, okay. Okay. <laughs> and maybe we can meet in person at sometime. I know, shocking. Uh, yeah. We have a park. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Walk around the park. Uh, Laurel House Project Subcommittee. Uh, I would like to stay on with uh, my colleague, yeah, Councilmember like Meister. On. Okay. Um, the Sunset Gateway Signage Wayfinding Project. I want in. Okay. <laughs> Any other takers for this one? I'm, I'm happy to join. Or do I'll you do it. Oh, Heilman? Okay. Yep. Thank you. Um, and then our new one is the City Playhouse Design Steering Committee. I would like to be on that um, I can, committee. I can do that. Okay. Unless someone else really wants to. Councilmember Byers, did you say you want to? Yeah, okay. okay, great. City Playhouse. Okay, so we've made all the appointments. We do have one person, Annie Jumpacente, who signed up to speak on this item. Uh, I would like someone to motion here that next time you do this, you create a Google spreadsheet, uh, then have a Google form fill out so that each one of you can fill it out and not violate the Brown Act. It goes to the staff members, which ones that you want to actually speak, the ones that you actually want to join. Oh, God, this was such a waste of like 20 minutes. It felt like three hours. But uh, yeah, no, seriously, you could have done this and had this on consent items. I don't understand why this had to be verbally spoken like this, it was just a jungle gym of child's play of raising your hand. Next time, do it like an adult and form, fill out a Google form. Wait, no, you use Teams. So something on Microsoft or the hell they use. Thank you, Annie. Um, the one item that we need is a liaison appointment to Metro. Council I would Robert love Hellman. to do it. Councilmember Highland. Yep. And then for the council to affirm uh, Mayor Shine as your appointee for the mayors for guaranteed income. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, can we get a motion on the floor to approve everything? Okay, moving on to our last item of the night, uh, new business item 5D uh, to amend city council agenda to move council member comments to end of the meeting. Uh, is it there going to be a staff representative to introduce this staff report? This or was a council initiated, council initiated item. Thank so you. 
<clears throat> I'll just briefly speak on this. I actually spoke on it at a previous meeting, and uh, we did so well tonight. Um, this this item is <laughs> this item is um, recommending that uh, our city clerk bring back item moving council member comments to the end of the meeting. Uh, and the primary reason for this is to ensure that we're able to do the public's business as uh, early as possible while we're still fresh. Um, there have been meetings in the past where council member comments have gone on for a substantial period of time, and then that has delayed important business items, so we haven't gotten to them or the council hasn't gotten to them. Um, and this is sort of a longstanding uh, problem. So the recommendation is to move council member comments to the end of the meeting. Um, the city manager would then be responsible for responding to uh, public comments, asking for um, assistance. The city manager could then direct the constituent to the appropriate staff or could respond directly. Um, and that's the item. And I don't know if my colleague Councilmember Byers wants to add anything, but I'm open to any questions. Yeah, I just, I was eager to support this item as somebody new to council. It helps me also clarify the specific period of time where I can make future directions for future agenda items. So it felt like a really clear process orientation that also allows the public to step into a meeting with a clear sense of what they're committing their time and energy to and getting to that business as quick as possible. So that was my reason for uh, interest in bringing this forward. Thank you. Um, are there any uh, public speakers before we deliberate? Yes, we have one public speaker. You already did, yeah. Where are you going to speak on? I got two minutes to talk about this. That was great. Um, yeah, so uh, as much as I like to see the public comments get pushed to the back, I actually like them in the front because um, whenever we respond, whenever we talk about public comments here, uh, time, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, whenever, uh, whenever we speak about things, I also like to hear your comments and uh, things like that. But it seems like that pushing this now to the back means that the public will speak once and they may never get a reaction because they will always leave um, before this is done. So, I mean, how many? Yeah, it's pretty empty. So, uh, yeah, I actually would like to see this stay at, towards the front. Coincidentally, um, the public needs to hear what the council has to say about uh, the things that they present to you instead of waiting all the way till the back. Isn't that right, King Heilman? Just make sure you don't hear people and wait for them to leave or get too tired and exhausted because it gets to the end of the night. So uh, I'm glad to hear Chelsea also seconds that as well. Thanks a lot, Chelsea. Okay, um, are there any uh, comments from uh, my colleagues? Mayor, I, I'm sorry, we have one additional Oh, speaker. I apologize. No problem. I didn't know. Okay, one more speaker. Rick Watts. Uh, thank you, uh, Council Rick Watts, City of West Hollywood. Um, I, uh, I, I first off, I want to I want to say that I, I appreciate the spirit in in which 
uh, Councilman, uh, Councilman Heilman is, is bringing this motion. Um, I, I think that that's uh, right and appropriate to, to value the public's time uh, and, uh, you know, and, and wanting folks to be able to get in and out of the meetings. That said, um, I, I would like to, uh, to echo what uh, uh, Annie Jump just said. I, I too, value, I, I think that there is, is, is value for the public in hearing what you have to say in your comments, to the extent that they're, you know, kept reasonably brief. Um, and, uh, and, and I like to hear those. I don't necessarily want to stay for the, the, uh, the, the entire meeting. And, uh, and, and having your comments up at the front, when, when I attend council meetings, the, one, the, the two things that I do always try to stay for is all the public comments and all the council member comments, and then if there are germane things on the, the, uh, the, the agenda that I really want to stay for, I will do that. But I really value hearing what, uh, hearing what you say, and I don't necessarily want to stay that late in the meeting if it's going to be like a, a long night, 11, you know, 11, 11 o'clock or so. So, uh, like I said, I, I really appreciate the, 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 the spirit in which the motion is offered, but I would ask that you maybe chew on this, uh, this idea a little, little longer. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Councilmember Meister, do you have any comments on this or discussion? I'm supportive of the item, uh, and um, I think it's worth giving it a try, and if it doesn't work out, we can always do another item to change it back. Mayor Pro Tem Erickson. Thank you so much. Um, I, I generally support this item as well. I think, though, that uh, to comment on Councilmember Meister's uh, comment, um, that it would be good to maybe bring uh, to have a conversation with us like six months from now, four months from now, to see how it's going, how it's going well. Our mayor is doing very well tonight at whatever time it is. I don't know uh, what time it is actually, uh, 8.22. Um, and I do remember, and if uh, uh, the city attorney could just correct me when I say this, that should we at the beginning of the agenda, should something uh, critical have happened in the world or the community, we could rearrange the agenda to bring council member comments to the front of the meeting and then not have them at the end, correct? That's correct. That could always be done at approval of the agenda if, if you needed to change the order, just like you make other changes to the agenda at the beginning of every meeting. So, um, I, so with that kind of in mind, I'm, I, uh, I'm in favor of this item. I think it will help. Um, uh, I want to make sure, though, that we can give clear direction to the city attorney as well, uh, sorry, the city manager, and if there's anything that comes up that we need to say at that time, because it would be out of order technically in the meeting. So I don't know if the city clerk with the city attorney want to come back later on and make sure whatever that verbiage at the beginning of the meeting could look like, like city manager direction and keep it real tight and succinct because at the end of the meeting we might forget or there might be a, some other instance that happens to forget but otherwise than that I support this item and I think it's a good idea. Thank you. Um, I'm generally supportive of this. I, I do hear the public and I and I um, when I was looking at this I was hoping that we would actually um, move the meeting attendance reports to the last public comment period, because I think that's the, the stuff that the public isn't really 
uh, you know, they can wait until the end or w watch it later. It's, it's just procedural. But being able to respond to p the public um, from council members is actually really important um, to validate them, to address any issues. And while I appreciate the city manager um, being able to do that, that's great. The other concern I have, um, I think he'll, he'll do a great job uh, with that. The other concern I have is I think we need to be able to um, comment on consent items uh, that instead of pulling consent items because then what will end up happening is that, uh, and that's at the beginning, what will end up happening is then our meetings will actually get longer because we've pulled consent items rather than being able to comment on them. For example, the social justice task force item, I wasn't, I didn't pull it, so I was just able to make my comments. That's something I'm actually I, I think is a better process to, for us to be able to address any public um, concerns at the top and to uh, be able to comment on consent items. So with that said, I know there seems to be majority agreement, but would the makers of the motion be willing to entertain us keeping the item strictly to responding to public concerns that may come up and um, addressing consent item comments before uh, and keeping it strictly to that and moving everything else to the end of the uh, public comment period. Well, Mayor, actually, I, I don't agree with that. And I think um, your reference to consent calendar items is something that the city manager is also concerned about. When we make comments on consent calendar items, when one of us makes a comment on a consent calendar item, it's not clear that that is the direction of the council as a whole. So I think the better practice is for us to actually pull that item and have discussion and make it clear that this is the direction of the council or maybe it is just the direction of one council member but that needs to be clarified for our city staff and our city manager. I, I actually don't agree with the notion that we necessarily have to respond in the moment to people who are coming to the first public comment period. Remember, there are also a lot of other people from the public who are here on agendized items waiting to speak to us that they've been scheduled for items. So it is a balance. Of course, we wanna be responsive to members of the public, but we can do that at the end of the meeting just as well as we could at the beginning of the meeting. And I, I do trust our city manager and our city staff. When people come with a complaint about lights or complaints about you know, some problem on the street, they're usually pretty good at asking the staff person to communicate with them at the moment in the council meeting. So I would like to try this for, as uh, my colleague said, for six months and see if it works. If it does present a, a problem in terms of responsiveness, we can always move it back. Thank you, Councilmember Heilman. Um, I'm willing to try it for six months and um, gauge where we are and then rearrange if we need to.
All right, so we are at the last public comment period. This time is set aside for the public to address the council on any items of interest within the subject matter jurisdiction of the council that could not be heard under item one at the beginning of the meeting. City Clerk, are there any additional speakers? Yes, Mayor, we do have three speakers in chambers, um, including Annie Jump Vicente. Thank you. Annie? Uh, okay, let's talk about interim housing, I guess, um, and the nonprofit sector, how they abuse and manipulate interim housing. Um, I would like to know how much each, each unit is uh, rented out for per, uh, per, uh, man, see, I, this is why you got to write stuff down. Um, I would like to see how much nonprofits get per each uh, participant of their program for uh, interim housing. I believe it's quite a bit of money, more than it costs to actually, um, you know, just have a person live there without having the staff to support them. Um, there's a lot of money that gets wasted in those departments. I have seen firsthand uh, nonprofits like LA Family Housing siphon money because they are a for-profit with a nonprofit arm. So their main job is is to make capital and their product is homelessness. So what organizations like that do and the one that you'll have for the interim housing here is that they'll have participants in the program for six months to up to two years if I remember correctly. Um, and then they get sifted out and then they become homeless again. I have seen this time and time again. Um, it's horrific to watch. They get uh, scrutinized, ostracized, and again, going back to that billboard, uh, you are going to put it above interim housing. So when you attract uh, the people to look at the billboard, you will get a uh, confrontation of the people who live under the billboard. Um, this area, this city, is not set up for people who are not old, rich, and white. Uh, I have heard from Mayor Pro Tem and Mayor um, to stay off WeHoville.org because of the comments on there. I will not um, because that is where your fascist constituency is. That is the ones that speak out slightly in the dark and that say horrible things about us. That's where they go to speak. And those are the comments you really have to watch out for because if I remember correctly, those are the ones where death threats come from. Um, pay attention. They're here. Hal Hyman. Our next speaker is Rusty Wiggs, to be followed by Rena Goldman. Hello, everyone. I uh, submitted a 360 review, and I wasn't joking when I said we're gonna do it. And I wanna talk to you about the security ambassadors. How do you treat them? Be stabbed on the street with a knife and make a viral video of it. Are you there for them? No, you're not. Have a girl standing at a kiosk and make a viral video of it. 
Are you there for your security ambassador who's on the street for you as a first line of defense? None of you are, but she's gone. She's trash. That's how we talk to each other. That's who we are as the city of West Hollywood. Look how we communicate to each other. Our security ambassadors are a way of communication. And look what we did. We leave them on the street in a t-shirt and a microphone that might not work. And you're going to complain about them and make videos of them. And they have no resources. And you have nice places to stay. You have a nice council. Where are their breakfast breaks? Where are they being taken care of? Oh, no. You're just going to treat them like shit and complain about them and make videos of them and do nothing for them. And that's how we communicate as a city of West Hollywood. And that's all of us, you, you, me. This is how we communicate. Let's whip a person on the street and make them worse. Let's not look at block by block are the problem. Wow, thank you. Our final speaker this evening is Rena Goldman. Hello, council members. Uh, I would just like to make a, a formal complaint about how dangerous and deadly it is to walk as a pedestrian in this city. Uh, I don't know how many of you are walkers, but I don't own a car. I predominantly walk. I walk the dog, but I also walk to run all of my errands. And just about every day, I almost get hit by a car. And I observe the crosswalks. I go, you know, where you're supposed to. And what I've realized is cars don't, they see you and they don't care. So they will go anyway. Um, on the Lexington and, and Gardner, there's a, a crosswalk that probably should be a traffic light because it is so deadly. It's just a four-way stop. And consistently, uh, and it's not just me, I see multiple pedestrians almost getting hit there. And, um, you know, I've lived in other cities and I walked around other cities and it, has never felt so dangerous as it does here to be a pedestrian in the city. And I would love it if we could make that an agenda item or do something, put some kind of safety measures in place to uh, address this because uh, it's quite frankly scary. And like I said, every single day I walk to run errands, I, I almost get hit. And uh, it's gotten to the point where I'm afraid I put the the dog is very small. I have to put my body in front of the car because I'm afraid some, some driver is just going to keep rolling through a stop sign or a stoplight and kill my dog. So let's see if we can get that on there, do something about how dangerous it is to be a pedestrian in this city. Thank you. Thank you, Rena. Mayor, that was our last speaker this evening. Thank you. Uh, now we are at the last council member comments section of the night. Are there um, any city council members wishing to provide additional comments or requests? Just one. I think Ms. Goldman's point is uh, well taken. Uh, pedestrian safety is a big concern. I also got an email from a longtime resident 
who was complaining about uh, speeding and lack of enforcement on Sunset and Santa Monica. So I can ask the city manager if he could follow up on those, those complaints. They are, they are real and they're legitimate uh, and they impact the quality of life for our residents. Thank you. Any others? Yeah, I also um, just wanted to quickly thank Eugene Maisky, uh, Maisky from CES for joining and sharing about the services. It's, um, it, we can say them and say them again, but we always have to continue to talk about what resources are available for tenants. I also just wanted to express my full support for the extension that's being fought for on the County Board of Supervisors floor tomorrow. Um, look forward to seeing what our city can continue to do to uh, enforce those protections long term, as I know we are very uh, concerned about that. And then quickly just wanted to share one announcement. I'm looking forward to um, West Hollywood's recreation services divisions junk in the trunk this Saturday they're always great events 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Plummer Park um, bring your things and go buy other people's things it's a great time thank you councilmember Erickson do you have any additional comments yes thank you so much um, mayor um, I just wanted to thank my colleague uh, John Heilman for adjourning in memory of Carol Cook longtime resident um, when I was a uh, staff liaison for the lesbian and gay advisory board I had the chance to go over to her house with her husband Tom and really hear from her firsthand. And she was uh, a very big legend and icon, and I will, I will miss her, as well as it's Girl Scout cookie time, and there are West Hollywood troops out there looking to sell you cookies. Um, I'll be posting it on my social media uh, for those that want to partake like I did last year, but um, get those orders in, uh, and you're supporting a local West Hollywood troop here in uh, the city. Thank you, um, and I just want to uh, make some comments uh, regarding our uh, uh, treatment of block by block, we value our block by block ambassadors in the city and uh, the uh, block by block ambassador that was filmed was not filmed by anyone in the city. It was by a local blog that posted that. Um, and um, they are given breaks, they are, they are treated very well, and uh, we support and value all of them. And with that said, um, our meeting is adjourned to our next regular city council meeting on Monday, February 6th at 6 p.m. The time is 8.38 p.m. hosting this segment of Free Theatre in the Parks for you. Again, my name is Sir Nicholas Catelli. Wishing you well. Have a good day, good month, good year, and